Everybody. Hi everyone. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. Just us. Just us. Uh, this is episode 63. It is. Nice. Bom, 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 63. Yeah. Um, not next time we record, but within the next month, uh, we'll be recording in a new space. We will. When they move. I know. Yes, I hope so maybe they know that when they move, we're coming with them. Oh, yeah, I'm planning on living in their house. I mean, you know, that we're, that we're you know, still going to be recording wherever they put their shit up. So it better be set up by the time we need to record again. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Angela? <laughs> JK. I mean, mostly. She, I mean, we, we know. We know. We you know. know what's up. We'll, we'll make, we'll make oh, it work. Make it work. You've already told me yes, but I keep forgetting to get it from you. Your snowball mic, if I could borrow your snowball mic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I asked you like a million years ago and you did say yes, but I just never. You keep, yeah, you I have keep, to remind me to I know, it. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I'm, it's not on you. I am not going to remember. Um, <laughs> uh, welcome to our show. Yeah, it's just us. Back to back to basics. Back to reality. Uh, heads up. Christina got the job. She did. You guys. So all those orgasms paid, paid off. off. So uh, she will be. Moving up to the area, and that means she'll probably be a more frequent guest because she's a she's a great guest. Yeah, absolutely. We love having her on. I was gonna say, so if you guys listened to the last episode, you noticed that I bounced a little early because I had to go to rehearsal, but that meant that I had the pleasure of editing and hearing the fetish five. The immense pleasure of uh, editing that fetish five. She sent me some good snaps. I was making sure to snap Stephanie while I was listening to it, but um. Yeah, let's just say I don't ever like the idea of mixing period blood and semen. That makes me really... It's well, like mixing, then you would be a bad sex witch. It's like mixing ketchup and mayonnaise. I mean, don't don't uh, yuck my yum. I don't mix ketchup I was and like, mayonnaise. You I don't mix... eat ketchup or mayonnaise. I don't eat either of those and things. And there are some heathens who mix it together. And that's what I imagine. Do you know who loves to do that? The Christina? Dutch. Oh. No. <laughs> Europeans are really into doing that. And eating their fries with it. That's period blood and semen. (laughs) Dip your fries. Mayo, you freak. (laughs) Go to the freak wharf. (laughs) The freak wharf. You guys were bringing it back, or it was never. It was never a real thing. Uh, It was mentioned in "Go Ask Alice," which is a book, quote unquote, written by anonymous. It says it's written by anonymous, and supposedly the a found journal. I should talk about that on an episode, but it's like a found journal. Of a girl who got hooked on LSD. Hooked on LSD. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then, like, became a prostitute and all this other stuff. And then just disappeared. This is, like, just a... They just found this journal and turned it into... And this this bullshit. That's not what... It's not really that. Somebody wrote it. Um, But that's what they, like, said. That's that. It was just, like, they found this journal and, like, published it as, like, a way to scare people away from drugs. Um, But it was all bullshit. Uh, and it didn't really happen. But one of the many things in the journal was that she didn't want to be sent to the quote unquote freak wharf, um, which was supposedly some slang for the mental institution. But that wasn't a real that wasn't real. That wasn't a real slang that anybody used ever. It is now. So you guys. It is now. But like jokingly. Uh, this is uh, your vocab 
phrase for the day. Colleen said that she's wharf. gonna refer to her lady bits as the freak wharf. I like that a lot. And I was like, I like that. Right. I like that. Thanks, Thanks I, I like love it. it. Yeah, we're into it. <laughs> Thanks, I like it. Yes, match. Well, I don't think we have any crazy business. I have a show. September yeah, you have a 19th. show coming up. Tell them about it. I do, yeah. So again, you guys, um, my show's coming up September 19th, uh, The Insanity of Mary Girard. It's a historical fiction. Mary Angela is directing it. Tina of guest fame on the show yeah. is in it. Colleen will be there. Stephanie will be there to We're come see it. We're not in it. We're just going to be there. They're going to come see it. <laughs> Um, it should be a rip-roaring good time. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll be great. Yeah, it's a really immersive 90-minute show at Allen's Lane Art Center in Philadelphia. If you're in the area, come check it out. Also, Allen's Lane is BYO, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, it so is. So bring some snacks, bring some drinks. We like enjoy to yourself. bring basically a picnic dinner. Like, we'll either yeah. pick up a pizza or we'll, like, pack dinner in, like, um, like Tupperware. And then we'll go and have, like, a bottle of wine and drink wine and uh see a show see a show and go woo that's my girl it makes sarah really uncomfortable during her performance yeah don't do that this show i was gonna say i'm gonna do the shit out of it this one is not the one to do (laughs) this one is not the one to do that's my girl they're gonna open the lights you're gonna have your head in the box and i'll be like that's my bitch in that box (laughs) (laughs) and i'll be like rachel bring the house lights up please (laughs) stephanie please escort her out (laughs) please she's cut off please take her out of the building You're flagged, ma'am. That's my bitch in a box. My bitch, bitch in, in a, a box. box, girl. That's going to be me. That's me in the box. I'm the bitch in the box. She's the bitch in the box. I What's in the box? box? Me. Sarah's head. My head. But it's still attached to her body. Yeah. But it's going to be like open in the front, too, apparently. It's not like a full box. It's like open and like a blindfold John. I don't know. Eric is building it. I haven't seen it. Sure. I don't know. Cool. Do we have a promo this week? We do. We're. Do we want to go ahead and do that now? Yeah, let's go for it. Might as well. Um, we're taking it back to our girl over at the Haunted Ride. Ooh, yeah. Melissa. Melissa. Ooh, yes. Yep, we featured her before. Go check her out. Listen to her show. Uh, take it away, Melissa. Hi, I'm Melissa Cummins from the Haunted Ride, a paranormal podcast dedicated to you and your experiences. I know what it's like to have something happen to you that's unexplainable and how it feels to want to tell someone, but you're concerned they may think you're crazy. Whether it's a disembodied voice, an apparition, or something you just can't explain, this is your place to share it. So come tune in with me every week while we discuss anything and everything that falls into our paranormal and supernatural world. Because ghosts are out there, and if you're not careful, they will get you. Is that screaming? Where? I think it's a baby. It's like scary in the headphones. You guys were catching an EVP. Or it's not an EVP, it's a disembodied voice. It's definitely like a child. Yeah. Like a baby or a child. It's crazy how much these mics are picking it up. Oh my god! Shut that baby <laughs> up! <laughs> Somebody take care of that baby, please. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> we apologize for the screaming baby in the background, you guys. Uh, if that comes in post, um, it's not a ghost. It is just a child. So yeah. Uh, without further ado, Stephanie. Sarah, y'all, y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about some ghosts? Um, yes, I'm just trying to find the source that I had before on what I'm talking about because now I don't see it and it's bothering me. Oh, no. Although I could talk about it without it, but it would be easier to talk about it with it. Are you telling you know? a ghost story? I'm not telling a ghost story. Okay. Um, I mean, kind of. Oh. Um, it's kind of a haunted thing. 
It's scaring that child. Like really scaring that child. There he goes again. There we go. I was like, here's the article that I was looking at before. Okay. Sarah. Stephanie. Did you know that there is a cursed phone number that everyone who has had it has died a violent, mysterious death? Is it my phone number? It is not your <laughs> phone number. Is it um, 8675309? No. Okay. The phone number is 0888-888-8888. Who has had that number? Who has ever been given that number? Well, the first person was Vladimir Grashnov. This is an Eastern European phone number. Okay. okay. Um, and he died of cancer, but it was cancer that was due to uh, radioactive poisoning. Oof. And he didn't work in a job that had him around radioactive material or I feel like I'm moving my head all around the microphone crazy. Um, but he didn't work a job that exposed him to that kind of material. He didn't live in an area that exposed him to that kind of material. So it's like, what happened? So it's like, what happened? It was kind of weird. It was That's mysterious. Super weird. Right. He was the first owner. And this was before microwaves. So it's not like he was standing in front of a microwave all day, right? Uh, I don't know if I have the year that he died, to be perfectly honest with you. Huh. Um, but this phone number has been out of commission, I want to say, for like 15, 20 years. Well, yeah, because it's killing people. Like for a while. It's a serial number. You should see the face she's making, you guys. I'm real sorry. I think I have to leave. I think she's going to kill me. Um, that's not your phone number, so... <laughs> So he was, uh, Grashnov was the CEO of a mobile phone company that first issued the number. So he got the number first and then, so, okay, okay. Yes, so he was the first person that had it. Okay. The second person that had it was a man named Konstantin Dimitrov. Okay. He was, uh, he ran a drug smuggling empire. He was assassinated while he was on a date. Ooh. So he's just out on a date with a girl, buying her dinner. And they were like... And she got a hold of him by dialing 088-8888-8888. And they went out on a date, date, date. Date, 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 date. He dead. Dead. He dead. But he was shot and killed while he was out on a date. So that was weird. Did you watch Stranger Things, the newest season? I have not yet. Okay, never mind then. Um, but then there was another drug runner named Konstantin. He was Konstantin Dishliev. Um, he was actually a real estate agent, but he had like a little cocaine trafficking operation on the side. Sure, yeah. He had a side hustle because real estate Girl. wasn't making enough money. He wasn't. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't what? selling to the fucking Romanovs. He was selling to just random people to the Roman in the Ukraine or whatever. Yeah. He was also gunned down during a meal. <laughs> he was on a date, date, date too? But he was not on a date. No, he was just out at lunch. Oh, okay. So there's no explanation as to why it just happened that each of these three people who had this phone number, they weren't connected in any other way. The None phone of number. them knew each other. Right. 
It was just once that phone number was like done and somebody happened to be getting a new phone number, that's who got that phone number. I wonder if it's like, you know, if you buy a house, they have to disclose if someone died in that house. <laughs> if you, someone you had your phone, phone number, number and then they died and they're like, this is know. your new phone number. But the last person who had it died. So we'll give you a 15% discount FYI, for the first three months. You might get people calling for so-and-so. If they do, just say she's dead. If they're asking for cocaine, uh, direct them somewhere else. But so those are the only three people that have ever had the phone number because after the third person, they discontinued the phone number. They were like, we can't do they this. They stopped so giving it's a serial it number people. now because it was three people it over three, three separate people, entrances. Three separate occasions. But each of them died a painful, mysterious, early death. I think the radioactive cancer is the most, sounds like it's probably the most painful. Um, it's a Bulgarian phone company. Okay. Um, but they, uh, have since become a different phone company. Um, it's Mobitel is the name of it. And they have retired the phone number. They won't give the phone number out to any other people. Do you think they retired it because people were dying? I think, yeah, like like they think there's some sort of like bad, like mojo around the phone number or they think it's like bad luck or whatever, but now they don't give that phone number to people anymore. That's crazy. And that number isn't in the States. It's not. No, it's like I said, it's Eastern European. It's a Bulgarian Hmm. company. Um, So that's crazy. Yeah. But everybody who literally every single person, that's all three people. It's not like three of the people who've had this phone number. It's literally every person who had that phone number died a horrible early death. So if I need to get revenge on someone, I need to give them like they need to be assigned that phone number sure okay got it the best way to get revenge that's the best way it doesn't even have to be a curse number you change somebody's fucking phone number and don't tell them that's gonna fuck anybody over that's like changing it's uh it's like going into your email and checking the box that says make me change my password every time i log in oh is that a thing yeah i've heard about exes doing that that makes me throw right change your password every time you log in oh my god I would die. I would be like, I guess I'm getting a whole new email. <laughs> this one is done. Throw it out. Yeah, that'd make me murder somebody. That'd make me get someone's phone number changed to 888 but Sarah, that number um, hasn't killed anybody. Isn't, yeah, no. That yeah, uh, it was a very short story, but I just thought it was really it interesting. Was, how did you stumble upon that story? Um, I was searching for weird true stories. Oh, okay. And a lot of times I feel like I search for weird true stories and I'll find one. And I'm like, ooh, this is fascinating. But literally just looking up that same story on Wikipedia and Wikipedia is like, here's all the times that that was disproven. That that wasn't I that know. really bad. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to do anything that's like very quick to. It's one thing and it's like, here's why people would be skeptical of it. And that's like, cool, I get that. But when it's like, no, they're, here are all these professionals that said that this didn't really happen. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And this was one where it was like, no, this is legit. This actually happened. And this I was like, real. weird. Okay, that's cool. so weird. Huh. <laughs> Huh. Weird. Yeah, it was just on the list of, like, five, like, freaky but true stories. And it was the one that was, like, it was the first one that I looked into that there was nothing that was, like, that didn't happen. It was, like, it was, like, no, this is legit. This really happened. That's crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy, girl. Ah. That's scary, girl. 
That's a scam likely. <laughs> From Sally May and Scam Likely. This is a Sally May and Scam Likely. These two bitches be, be harassing me. These bitches. I need to get a restraining order. Can you get a restraining order against your bill collectors? The, the phone numbers of Sally May and Scam Likely, please. Please, thank you. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? I'm talking about a ghost story. Do it. I know. Taking it back. This is a good old-fashioned haunted hotel uh, in Abingdon, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to talk about the Martha Washington Hotel and Spa in Abingdon, Virginia. Sure. Um, so it is known as one of the most haunted places in Virginia. So if you Google it, people are like, this place is haunted. Um, It was built in 1832 by General Francis Preston for his wife and their nine kids. That's the scariest part of this story, that they had nine kids. They all lived. Bless them. Wow. All of them? What year was this? 1832. Damn. That's scary, Did they have money? I mean, yeah. He was a general. Okay. And he was, like, influential in the War of 1812. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had that kind of... They had nine kids They had keep all nine of them money. Keep all nine of those kids money. (laughs) Okay. Um, And they... The family owned the house until 1858 when the home was purchased by the Martha Washington College... And they turned the building into an upscale women's university. And that's when shit got fucked up. Um, basically, yeah. Uh, they let a whole bunch of ladies in there. Everyone got on the same cycle and shit went crazy. Ooh, girl. <laughs> that's scary, girl. That is scary. scary. Girl. They didn't even have Tylenol back then. Oh. Mm-mm. Um, no, so it was an upscale women's university. Fun lady fact, as I was like doing research on this and they were talking about the university, This woman, an influential lady uh, named Eleanor Nellie Nugent Somerville, graduated from the university. She was the valedictorian, I want to say it was 1880. Um, She was the first woman elected to Mississippi legislature. And she was a strong advocate of women's suffrage and was originally a really big champion of progressive causes. In like the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, this lady was like kicking ass and taking names. Um, but then as she got older, she became more conservative. So that got real sad. Sure. Yeah, as you do. Um, so that was cool. She went to that college. But when the Civil War broke out, the college and the building was then used as an area for training for Confederate soldiers and a hospital for Confederate soldiers, which I feel like once the Civil War broke out, any big building was suddenly used for the civil war yeah so students of the college then found themselves on top of going to the few classes that they still had a lot of them stayed around and served as nurses to the wounded who were in the hospital and things like that and in the early 1900s after the civil war the college was still going on and at that point the college and the entire nation suffered a major typhoid outbreak Um, And it was so bad that it affected 100 people out of every 100,000 people in the U.S. So a lot of people um, were dealing with typhoid. And then right after the outbreak... I feel like that has to be easier to reduce. 100 out of 100,000 is like, what, 1 in 1,000? Probably. Which is still a lot. It's still a a lot. I think it just sounds scarier if you're like every 100 people out of 100,000. See, but I'm like, I'm more scared by 1 in 1,000 because that gives me an easier thing to wrap my head around. 10 in 10,000? Every 10 in 10,000. Sure. We know math. Yeah. Math time stories. That's how fractions work. 
I don't know. My degree's in theater. Um, (laughs) After the typhoid outbreak in the early 1900s, then the Depression hit. So they were just getting hit with all the bad stuff. Oh, um, of course. And after the Depression hit... Dysentery, snake bite, all the things Civil that you War, get on the Oregon Trail. The Oregon Trail. Um, so, yeah, the Depression hit, and a lot of students were like, we can't go to school anymore, and they weren't enrolling. And by 1932, the school officially closed its doors. Um, and the building remained vacant for three years until 1935, when it was then turned into the Martha Washington Inn that is still open and operating to this day. Oh. So, on to the ghosts, now that we got into a little bit of the history. Obviously, because it was used as a place in a hospital during the Civil War, that equals a shit ton of ghosts, if we've learned anything from our history. Anytime there's a war, there's a ton of fucking ghosts. And they're all sad and morose and looking and for their home. Mopey, looking for their love. Don't know how to and get back and ugh. bleeding everywhere. It's annoying. Um so first first ghost I'll talk about is there's a ghost horse that is seen on the grounds. Sure. Um the story says that when the Confederate soldiers attacked the Union soldiers that were invading the city, one of the Union soldiers was struck in the head with a bullet and taken to the Martha Inn hospital. And his horse was tied to a tree on the lawn, and the horse stood there alert all night waiting for his owner. However, the soldier died at midnight, and in the morning hours, the horse just disappeared. To this day, people will claim to see a horse moving around on the grounds at night, but upon investigation, there's nothing there. But they'll, like, see a horse walking around. So we've got a ghost horse. Um, another story is about a young man who was a Confederate soldier, and he was tasked with informing Robert E. Lee of the Union's position in the city. So before he left to go and, like, snitch, um, he wanted to go see his love, of course, and give his last love a goodbye. And she was at the college, and she went to the college. So he snuck onto the college, which at the time was as surrounded by Union soldiers. He snuck in through these underground tunnels, which we'll talk about those later, but he snuck in through the underground tunnels. He got into the building and he was making his way to her room when he was spotted by two Union soldiers. And right when he got to her door, they shot him and he fell and died right at her feet, Mm. right in front of her. And it's said that to this day, you can still see his blood stain on the carpet, no matter how many times they had tried to clean it and remove it, and they would put down new carpet, and a blood stain would keep reappearing, kind of like Grumblethorpe. Yeah. Like the blood stain was just always there. I know. I know. I was like, that's sad, but then I think about that poor girl being like opening no! her door, and he's just right there, and then he's just shot, and he's dead right in front of her. That sucks. That's hard. Uh, that makes me think of the end of. Season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Does someone die at her feet? So, um, I mean, spoiler alert, but the show is like 20 fucking years old. So, um, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So, uh, her and Angel, right, her 16th birthday, they sleep together. And he's like the love of her life. She, and it's her first time, right? His whole reason that he's a good vampire, I don't know if you know this, is because he was cursed and he has a soul. And the soul is like what makes him like give a shit. But the way that the curse worked was that if he ever really, like, had a moment of, like, forgetting his guilt or, like, if he had a moment of, like, just true, like, happiness, like, the curse would go away. 
And him, like, sleeping with Buffy, like, he, he's, like, sleeping there next to each other, and he's, like, and, like, wakes up, and he loses his soul, and he's, like, evil, right? So he's, like, killing everybody. It's really rough. <laughs> so, and she's, like, oh, well, no. Well, she has to kill him, right? Because he, like, summons this demon, and they're, like, if he summons this demon, then you have to kill him in order to get the demon to go away, right? Oof. So... Nobody tells her that Willow is working on a spell to get his soul back. She just has to, like, stall him long enough to keep that from happening. But he finishes the spell, (gasps) so the gate is open, so the only way to close it is to kill him. And right before, like, right after he opens the gate, Willow's spell to give him his soul back goes through. So he's good again, (laughs) and she still has to kill him. And he, like, wakes up, and he's like, what's going on? Like, And he's, like, really happy to see her, and he's, like, holding her. And she's like crying and she fucking runs him through and sends him to hell. And he was good again. And she had to do it anyway to save the world. And it was rough. That show. Oh my God. Damn. Ooh, it was intense. But that's what that made me think of. Is she's like, my love, he's here. And then he's just dead at her fucking feet oh. at the door. She's like, he made it to me. And they're like, bang. JK. Ooh. It sounds like the second season of Buffy, y'all. <laughs> season two of Buffy, Season two y'all. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Happening in Virginia in the Civil War. Um, so, yeah, so that's a real sad story. The other, there's another story about a ghost, and this is the ghost of Beth in room 403. Um, and this is, again, when the building was being used as a hospital for the Civil War. There was Beth, who was a student, took on the duties of a nurse caring for the soldiers, And she was known to be very caring and compassionate. And she would play the violin, her violin for the soldiers. And one day a soldier came in and they fell in love. And she would play his violin for him to make him feel better. And then he died. Because, duh, that's how that story goes. How did he die? He succumbed to his wounds. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you know, he was probably shot up and gangrene and and, then died. Yeah. He he died. Um, But unfortunately... Three weeks after he died, she died of what? typhoid fever. Yep, oh she God. got typhoid fever, um, and she died. <laughs> and they said at least, like you know, she she went on to to join her love in the no, afterlife. I don't like that. You don't like that. I don't like that. Well, apparently, uh, if you stay in room four hundred three, you will still hear her violin soothing you, and a few people have claimed to see her, or at least see a young woman around that room. So Beth is still hanging out. She's a nice spirit, though, okay. apparently. And those are all of the main hauntings at the inn itself. Mm-hmm. And we're going to sidetrack over and we're going to go to right near the Martha Inn is the Barter Theater. So another stage theater. And I had mentioned earlier those underground passageways for, you, you know, Angel went to go, you know, see Buffy and then he died at her feet. Sure, sure. So these tunnels, there was actually tunnels that connected the inn to the theater. Mm -hmm. And when the theater was running in the 1930s and 40s, when the inn was, you know, after 1935, the actors would stay at the inn and they would just cross under and get to the theater and then leave the theater and cross under and go back home to the inn to sleep. Um, But apparently... Fuck that stage door. In that passageway underground, surprise, surprise, that shit's haunted. And they, oh, yeah. they say that it's a malevolent spirit. So it's apparently like an evil entity. And people would say as soon as they walk down there, they would just feel this like evil presence lurking in the shadows. Um, no one ever had anything happen to them, but they just like felt this presence. And they think that it is a man who 
died there when the tunnel collapsed in 1890. But, however, there's apparently a malevolent spirit in the underground passageway between the theater and the inn. And then the theater itself is also haunted because all theaters are haunted. But it's apparently haunted by the founder, Robert Porterfield. And people will see him sitting in the audience on opening night. And apparently if you see him sitting in the audience on opening night, it's like, good luck. Um, They'll also see him in the stage manager's booth. And then the other thing that he's known for doing is pulling pranks and like moving props, which he works in theater. You and I work in theater. Moving someone's prop is it's not like a big okay. fucking no, no. That's not a fun prank. You don't, if you go and check your props and then you go back to find your prop and that prop is not there, it is not Shit a good is day. Go down. Shit is going to hit the fan. But they said that this, you know, he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm already dead. So he likes fuck to move your props. He likes to move your props. People have said that they have, like, watched an object on the table in front of them move from one side to the other. Nope. Like, watched it nope. move. And they're like, Robert, <laughs> I already checked my prop. Put it back. It's got its little taped out spot. You put it back in its little right? taped out spot. No. You're like, look, I put the gaff tape there. There's a marker. There's a little X right there. The blue X is mine. The orange X is That's where yours. that hat goes. You can play with the orange X, Okay. Um, So, yeah, apparently he'll do that. And then the other ghost that haunts the theater, I like this story, and I couldn't find anything else really about it, but it said that an old housekeeper will haunt the theater, and she is known to yell at people who stay too late or rehearse after working hours to get out. And she haunts the rehearsal room, and she's like, get the fuck out. But apparently she's still there, because when she was working there, she would hold seances in the theater and would trap evil spirits in their pyramid room, which is a room that's now locked up, and they don't let people in there now. But apparently she would hold seances in In the the pyramid pyramid room. room. Like, first of all, the first person was in there, and then he was like, hey, two people, you should come in here. And then once those two people came in, he was like, you each get two people to come in here. here. And then we're going to have a seance, and then that's how you make a lot of money. And they were like, hey, hun. Right. And so then they were like, no more. Do you Close off do the pyramid seance? room. No more pyramid room. Um, and <laughs> this was actually the first pyramid scheme. Oh, no, that was the Illuminati. They won. Yes. They were the first. Pyramid they were the first. Scheme. And they'll be the last. Oof, they will. So, yeah, those are all my ghosts of the Martha Washington Inn Hotel and Spa. I and then it. also the Barta Theater that's right next to it. So it's a cute little American uh, ghost story. Uh, again, both places are still working. The theater's still running. They're doing, like, the producers this season. And the inn is still working. You can go and stay the night there and see if you experience any ghosts. Any ghosts. And that's uh, my story from Abingdon, Virginia. Yes! Do you have a fetish five? I do. What's your fetish five this week? Well, so I was trying to find a good way to present this. Um, Okay. Well, because I'm like, it's not necessarily about a fetish. It's kind of, okay. I was going to talk a little bit about the, what's the word? The industry of, uh, like, phone sex. (laughs) Okay. Let's go. Because some people are really, and I'm like, it's kind of a fetish, but I'm like, I don't know if I would call that a fetish. I feel like it's a very dated fetish. It's a very, yes. Fetish. But they still very much exist. 
Um, actual like phone lines, but of course a lot of that now is on the internet with like I would say cam girls are kind of like a modern version of yeah, that. Yeah, um, but some people are still just into the auditory uh, function of phone sex. Huh. Um, so despite the proliferation of internet porn, phone sex continues to be a multi a million dollar a year industry. Wow! And having been a phone sex operator for more than eight years, the person who uh, wrote this article—oh, I was like, you were? No, 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 no. The person no that idea. that wrote the article that I'm gonna read for you uh, from Kinkley, uh, she's gonna tell you things that you probably didn't know about phone sex work, which huh. I'm like, I didn't know. So she says that a lot of times they actually do dress the part. Um, they get all dressed up, get all sexy. Um, you gotta get into character. So uh, she says a lot of times they're working from home, but a handful of phone actresses uh, say that they dress up to like get into character. Yeah. Uh, they wear fancy suits if they're trying to be, like, a sexy, like, businesswoman. Of course, like, sexy, like, thigh highs, lingerie, if they're just, like, ooh, sexy, like, sexy lady. But she says that, um, that for the most part, like, people do try to get, like, kind of sexy. Like, some people do just, like, do it from home and wear whatever, but a lot of people do dress up. People ask for some weird shit oh, I bet. on the phone. Oh, and I bet. Some people don't have limits, and some people do. Oof. Um, so a lot of them basically have rules as far as what they will and won't do. Um, but she says that she was asked to do anything from bestiality, incest, pedophilia, uh, Satanism, and, like, some sort of, like, pretend snuff. So I don't know if they wanted her to, like, pretend that she was, like, dying on the phone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's... The best way that you can act on those awful, awful impulses is to Ooh, just be queen. on the phone instead Not of acting on any it. physical contact with no a person. No physical contact. Um, Oof. Yeah, but of course, uh, the convenient thing for phone sex workers is that they have the ability to like hang up the phone and be like, "Yeah, I'm not nope. dealing with you anymore." Um, there are men who are phone sex workers. Um, obviously they're not as popular. They don't make as much money. Uh, it's one of the very few fields that women, (laughs) women make more money in women are more because they're more sought after basically. Uh, cause it's easy to find dudes that want to do porn. Yeah. Um, (laughs) any dude is like porn. You don't even have to pay me. So while the majority of phone sex operators are women, men do it too, but the, uh, male sex operators are generally for other men. Usually usually their clientele are also men. It's not usually women calling to have phone sex with male sex Yeah, I was like, I doubt, I would assume there's the very, very small number of women who call a phone sex company. For many of them, it's actually very boring work. Um, oh yeah oh that feels good at the beginning right many of them are uh like many sex industries in the beginning they're making that money and they're like this is fun and then they start to be like yeah like oh fuck me daddy this is yeah fuck me fuck me i feel so Um, good so she says uh that she would recommend using downtime to like research different kinky sexy ideas of things to talk about um there are uh, <laughs> there are bathroom breaks. Um, there are no, she says there are no cords in phone sex. So cordless and cell phones only, not just for your mobility, but sooner rather than later, somebody has to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and uh, while you can take bathroom breaks, many of them find that 
there are a lot of dudes who sure. are like, I don't, I don't want to hear you pee. Right. Right. And I'm like, I don't even want to hear myself go to the bathroom. Why do you want to hear it? <sighs> right. Uh, so, so many kinks. Phone sex operators need to be well acquainted with all of the mainstream fetishes and a few more. <sighs> okay. Um, but she was a little naive when she first started. Like, she didn't realize there were people who have, like, a thing for feet. Like, that's very common. Oh, yeah. People love feet. Uh, other noteworthy fetishes, she says, include uh, cross-dressing, tickling, paddling, vampirism, and sh- shudder necrophilia. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's going to be the easiest phone. You just put the phone down. <laughs> <laughs> that to me sounds like the easiest thing to role play as a phone sex operator. And maybe let out a fart once in a while. Right. Every now and then let out like a. <sighs> that's it. Right. So some clients are crazy um, and they don't want to pay for the phone calls. Sometimes children, like kids call on their parents' phones. So you just kind of have to fucking pay attention to that shit. Uh, she said that she's had, like, uh, phone company employer employees have hacked the line and, like, listened on the phone calls. I'm like, that's creepy. That is creepy. Uh, so just kind of, like, pay attention. One time she got a call, not just one time, but the first time that she got a call from, like, an angry wife of, like, a guy who called. Uh, and hey, she- I don't, I'm just, like, it's not, I'm doing my job. I'm doing you my job. You need to be talking, like, to your you husband. don't talk Correct. to me. Talk she's to your husband. like, stand firm. Like, you need to talk to your damn husband, girl. This is not my not fault. Not my thing. A lot of phone companies have a minimum time that you have to keep somebody on the phone. I bet. So you want to try not to hang up. But, like, keeping them on as long as possible is how you're going to get the most money. So also with that, they try not to get, like, don't go too fast. Like, yeah. keep it slow. Keep, keep them on the phone. Keep it going. Um, she says you have to... One of the things that you really have to learn very early on is not to laugh. Oof, I would be so bad. I know. I would laugh at everything. Um, I would be like, you want but what? But that's the quickest way to get somebody to, like, hang up and not ever want to talk to you ever again. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so you really have to be able to keep a straight face and, like, listen to their fantasy and, like, make it come to life. Haha, <laughs> make it come to um, life. She said a thesaurus is incredible because everyone runs out of words for these titties and they pussies and they booties. <laughs> And if you run out of what to call your your breasts, your you, melons, you your tatas, you call it the freak wharf. The freak wharf. That's your hoo ha. Um, it could be your butthole too. <laughs> it could be your butthole. <laughs> this is the freak wharf. <laughs> um, we gotta hose down the deck before you can walk on in. Using your phone for your main source of income means that's a tax write off. Uh, so that's really cool. Using the internet, if you're using the internet to do that kind of work, that's tax, tax right, right off. off. Damn, I need to be a phone tax operator. Just Girl, so I don't have to pay for any of this I stuff. I have told you to let me pimp you out so many times. <laughs> Y'all, Stephanie's going to be my, uh, I my just, pimp. I just want to be Sarah's pimp. I will make her so much money. I would never put her in a situation where she was not comfortable Let's do it. But I'm like, Who wants to be my sugar daddy? I could get... Let's go. She's cute. She's young. She's skinny. Like, any 60-year-old man would be so happy to buy her drinks and pay her rent. I will touch your hand lightly on the top and hold it there for at least five seconds (laughs) while making eye contact. (laughs) I I like that that's your... You're like, that's your limit. That's what I'll do. That's Um, it. And I'll let people see that I'm touching your hand. Is it degrading? 
If you let your friends or family know what you do for a living, someone will eventually tell you that it's degrading and you should feel exploited. Most of these people have never had phone sex. Then I get that money. For me, these infantilizing lectures were more degrading than any phone sex call. Making an informed choice to do what you want to do and then following through, that is empowerment. Yep. Good for her. (laughs) Uh, So, phone sex um, requires acting, of course. (laughs) And not just acting like you're into someone, but acting like you're doing sexy things if you're not doing sexy things. So you have to feel comfortable doing that. There's a lot of grapefruits involved for sound effects. (laughs) Do you There's a lot of grapefruits involved. Most clients will hang up quickly after finishing. Um, Sounds like a usual dude. They feel like that part apparently makes them uncomfortable. Otherwise, the other thing you can think about is uh, you can do merchandising. Merchandising would be things like selling your bathwater. Yes, the girl with the bathwater. Yeah, there's a girl who sold bathwater. I want to do that. I'll fucking bottle my bath. Stephanie, come on, let's go. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm going to start sending you my socks that I wear all day. <laughs> There's, But yeah, you can sell socks. You can sell Little underpants. Panties. You can sell, sell just sweaty <laughs> clothes. People will pay all sorts of money for that. You guys want to buy my sweaty leggings that I'm wearing right you now guys with wanna, all this ass You sweat? guys want to drink Sarah's bath water after we explicitly told you it's not for drinking? Yeah, they do. Fucking do it. You want to vape it? I saw some people vaping her bath water. <laughs> disgusting. disgusting. Um, Just, I say people. I saw some dudes yes. vaping because no woman is going to do that. I didn't see any girl drinking no. that girl's bath water. God. Anyway, phone sex still exists. Of course, there's also shit on the internet now that's like comparable, more modernized versions of phone sex. But sex work is work. It's a job. It's a living. Power to them. And I'm trying to get Sarah on that track Um, (laughs) so she can pursue her dreams as an actress and not have to work that nine to five. You're so girl. You can work 15 hours a week as a sugar baby slash cam model. (sighs) And I could have you make in like six figures. Like I'm telling you. I want 10%. This is going to be our next maybe, endeavor. Maybe 15. But I would never ask for more than 15. Dead Time Stories Part um, 3. So We're that's gonna the finish five. Thank you. Thank you, five. Thank you, five. Guys, do you think Sarah should let me pimp her out? Let us know. Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the comment section. Uh, you can email us at deadtime stories, all if one word. You want to pay for my attention? We have a Patreon. We do have a Patreon. Um, if you don't even have to pay for Sarah's attention, if you just email us, Sarah will, I will email give you, you back. Attention. She'll be very excited. I love it. I've been getting some really nice. We've had a few listeners emailing us just to tell us that they enjoy the show. Thank you and so I much. appreciate you. So, yeah. Dead Time Stories. <clears throat> Excuse me. I apologize. Uh, all one word with a Z at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, if you want to support us, the best way that you can do that, of course, is by subscribing to our Patreon. We accept donations as low as $1 a month, and even $1 a month gets you rewards, like access to our Patreon-exclusive Facebook group. Which where is we, the Bees Knees. Bees Knees. We live stream once a month. Uh, yeah, we do. And we also like chat with a whole bunch of people that you either hear about on the show or just fans of the show. And we have a really, really good time. It's a really warm, friendly group. Guys, we just share memes back and forth. We share we a don't lot of talk. memes. We just share we memes. We just share, we share so many memes. 
$5 a month gets you uh, more exclusive content like I Seen it, it, which is a monthly special where I tell Sarah the plot of a horror movie that she's never seen before. <laughs> and for $15 a month, that gets you to part of the Faint Flatulence Collection, where every month we are going to send a handcrafted, hand-captured ghost fart to your door, as well as a lovely piece of parchment that tells you the story of the ghost whose fart is in the jar. It is not a fecal forgery. It is fecal fact. And Mary Angela asked me today when she was getting her next one, and I was like, ooh, girl. Yeah, right now I forgot. I was like, oh, we didn't give her one. I didn't forget. I'm like, I gotta make it. But, you know, I've I've been busy. I just haven't eaten enough beans. Gosh. You said you haven't eaten any beans? Oh, for for the the farts. farts. Gotcha. (laughs) No, I've just, you know, between Brooklyn and then like first show. Yeah, like in my job, I'm getting like a promotion next week. It's a bunch of bullshit. But it's happening. Um, Yay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, there's a lot going on. So I apologize on that front. But it, she's getting it. She's, she's getting, getting it. it. She knows she's what's getting up. it. You know. Um, but yeah, you know where to support us. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a review on iTunes, Facebook, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where you listen to or support podcasts. And if you take a screenshot and send it to us at our email, we will send you a Dead Time Story sticker. We absolutely will. We right will. to you. Done. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Tune in next week. Thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Bye. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curnison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 